Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Amma's here. Yeah, so this is Leah, and um, we're here today to bring you guys back something that is very near and dear to our hearts, and um, this topic. And we said this, we said it before, and it's still true, um, that, you know, we only talk about things that we think are really important and really relevant, and that, you know, we care about personally and we think are of value to our listeners. So what we're talking about today is back to school 2020. So... I was trying to think of another name for it because it really feels like quite the stress builder, overwhelming experience, complicated, driving quite, further complexity. Quite the thing. shit, quite the shit, the shit show. storm. The shit show, shit storm 2020. Yeah. We are all trying to get through. Just throw it on top, right? Like one more thing on top of the craziness is. Even for the non parents, right? For because let's be honest, you know, while Leah has three children, I don't have any children, but I have a ton of godchildren, and I am an auntie. Uh, my brother has two children as well, and this is affecting us all. all and the, us. the crazy part is, the reason why it's so odd on the back to school side is because when we went out on quarantine, it was like we're gonna do what we need to do. We're gonna be safe, and we're gonna we're gonna quarantine for for March, maybe into the summer. But by September, you know, we'll have this resolved, right? We'll have done the right things as Americans and been responsible. We'll have worn our masks, washed our hands, stayed home, and the virus will no longer be, you know, a monumental issue. Fast forward to September, and here we are. We haven't gotten it resolved. Now we have to figure out this new and even more complicated way to go back to school. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about that today, and we wanted to bring in our heavy hitters um, for this episode. So we wanted to bring in educators as well as um, administrators. So to and school leaders, school leaders, school leaders mm -hmm. in administration. School leaders is also the new name for principal. Didn't know that. Learned that today. But um, <laughs> we have Ashley Moore actually on the episode as our school leader. So Ashley, you want to um, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to be here today to talk to you about um, back to school and just, you know, answer any questions that you may have. Awesome. So I'm going to thanks for joining us, Ashley. Yes. Our school, Not a problem. our school leader in the house. In the house. Peace, peace to the queens on the episode, <laughs> leading the schools and the children. Um, so Ashley Moore is a school leader in Maryland. 
Uh, this is her 14th year in education. She has been committed to students in the classroom or in administration for the last 14 years. So really significant. Prior to being a school leader, she taught special and general education in various settings. Ashley's commitment to educational excellence drives her mission to ensure that all students can succeed. So Ashley, welcome to the episode. We just want to first like lead off with thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, thank, you, you, thank, thank you. you. Round of applause for No Child Left Behind. There you go. In a in a literal sense, though, because you are, you know, because moving from the classroom into administration is also like quite an accomplishment, right? Like you deserve to certainly be acknowledged for that. But I, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. And often people say like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're an engineer. That's such a big deal. It's so hard. No, no, no. What teachers and social workers do, that's hard work. That's really mm-hmm. hard, significant investment, emotional, you know, educational, whole, you know, well-rounded, bringing everything to the table. You guys give so much of yourselves to these students on behalf of their community. And you're such a, um, a large representation example of what these students believe they can do or accomplish. So many hours are spent with you. So the way that you guys treat our children shapes and molds them. So Right. I just want to acknowledge that first and like shout out to all the teachers who are listening. Shout out to every teacher who has ever, you know, touched a child in any way, in a positive way in their life. So we just want to acknowledge teachers and put you guys on a pedestal because you guys don't, you don't make enough money. You don't get enough acknowledgement. So we want to give you your flowers while you're living. I mean, everybody has that teacher, right? Everyone has that principal, that second, third, fourth grade high school teacher that they remember. There's always that one. And it starts with you guys. And maybe, you you know, maybe the compensation isn't there. Maybe you don't get enough thank yous. But uh, just know that, I mean, there's always that one teacher that we all remember. And we could be 75 years old and you're like, I remember my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Scott. I remember my school leader, Mrs. Moore, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So just thank you for that. Yeah. And I'm sure you know that, right? That's how you, what got you into the field, right? Is that, you know? Yes. I mean, I'm still friends with um, my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Haywood. Wow. Mm -hmm. Me me too. Shout out to Mr. Haywood. Yeah. Really shout out to Mr. Haywood. He was doing, he was doing a lot of things that, are now very popular. Like he was way ahead of his time, like light years. So, so cool. He's a great, he was a great teacher. Awesome. 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 So the reason why we wanted to talk to you is because we wanted to get your expertise, right? As there are parents, I am said parents, there, there are other parents also who are out here just like, what is about to happen? And we're just trying to get some sense, some hard facts from people that we know and trust. And we know, you know, love our children, especially when we start talking about black and brown children. So we wanted to bring on educators and administrators like yourself, who are not only educators, but also parents. We'd like to just hear from you around your your decision making and how it's coming from the perspective of not only having the best interests of the children in the school and the, and the parents that you support, but your own children in mind. Um, Cause I think oftentimes that gets lost. People don't realize that as you're making mm-hmm. decisions as an educator, you're also a parent. So you're, you are being holistic in your thinking, but you know, oftentimes people can kind of think that principals are just this, you know, this group that of 
leaders alone, right? And you don't have any human connection to the work. And really we're just work. like robots, and then we turn off and go into our closet, and then we come back out the next. Right, like, like, like the Jetsons. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's how like kids are like. You have a home <laughs> outside of school. Like those things are bizarre to them. I don't know why, but you're right. They don't see us in that yeah. regard. So I mean, parents are feeling all kinds of um, anxiety, you know, overwhelm. So we want to give them some some good intel so that they can walk away from this episode feeling like, okay, I can attack this, right? Mm-hmm. I can tackle this. We want to give them some accurate information, not mis- not just what they're hearing on the news. Um, so I just wanted to jump in and ask you um, just a few questions. So what are a few things going into back to school 2020 that parents should be really thinking about in a remote learning environment? Mm. So in a remote learning environment, um, we're literally building a plane and flying it at the same time expect for things to not work <laughs> so for example I'm, I'm i'm being very honest so for example i know a lot of schools in the south they started this past monday mm-hmm. and zoom was down for like the most of the morning and so that's what most school districts are using because of the security measures with zoom so like you know expect for there to be you know technical difficulties and things like that And also try to have some positive energy towards remote learning because also our, our kids take on our energy. And if we, you know, constantly are speaking negatively about it, that's the attitude that the child is going to bring to the table. So you want to be really mindful of how you're talking, you know, if you need to vent about it, just, I, I just say, just do that away from your child because they, you never know, they may be really excited about it. They may be fine with it. But if you speak negatively about it, if you constantly talk down about what the school and the staff are doing and things like that, that that child is going to take on some of that information. And it's going to be evident in their attitude, in their, their attitude towards learning, their attitude towards their teacher, and it may even show out in their behavior. So those are just some of the things that, you know, I think parents just need to know going. And actually, I mean, I know I've noticed uh, because I have a nephew, he's 10. And mm-hmm. I mean, from the age of, I don't know, two, how quickly they pick up how to use the iPhone, mm-hmm. go into mm-hmm. the app store, find the app that they wanted for their game and make the purchase and ask you for your credit card. Right. I mean, I mean, so in terms they of absolutely do. exactly, I mean, a two year old, mm-hmm. right. So as a, as a five-year-old, as a 10 year old, you know, without injecting that negative energy that you're referencing, my inclination is that it may come just natural to them that this is normal to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so why insert, a level of um, uncertainty or uh, or negativity where it, it it doesn't live because learning mm-hmm. in itself is a journey for children, especially when there's right. subjects, right? So there may be some insecurity or uncertainty in certain subjects. So let's be mm-hmm. there to uplift them for those areas in those times versus injecting it where they don't even have it they they will learn they will navigate i think one thing that we don't give enough credit to children is is that they're extremely resilient we don't really realize that but the stuff that kids have to navigate and go through just on a daily basis like they are just so resilient you know they come they're still positive they're still happy and you know they're still eager eager to learn despite the challenges that they experience so but you're right like you know a lot of kids that you know they've been using 
technology their entire lives. Whereas, you know, people, our generation, we had to grow up with it. You know, we had to, um, cause I know I didn't have a cell phone. So I was like 18. And then there are some people who were older people. Cause you know, I have a lot of grandparents that are parents too. And they're like, I can't stay in this Chromebook stuff. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So you have even just parents on different, um, levels of, uh, different levels of expertise, I guess, or ability in terms of approaching technology. Um, but the, the, I say this all the time, the kids will be fine. And if a kid is saying, Oh, I don't know how to do this. They probably just trying to not do it. <laughs> that's another, that's another conversation for Facts. another day. Like they, they know, like, you know, yeah, they absolutely know. They know how to navigate things. And if they don't, they learn, like, for example, um, Lee and I were talking yesterday and my twins came into the room and they were like, I can't hear her. And so they started touching on my screen like, oh, well, maybe I need to press the unmute button. So they're even <laughs> troubleshooting on their own, trying to figure out why they can't hear her. Yeah. So, you know, and they're five. Right. Like, you know, so kids, kids can and they they will learn it. It says we have to give them the opportunity. Yeah. My father is a paraprofessional um, in uh, mm-hmm. uh, high school for special needs. And okay. um, to, 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 to tie into what you're talking about in terms of the generational gap, he's a grandfather, mm-hmm. essentially, right, to right. a child that's, you know, your, your child's age or even Leah's uh, children's age. Um, but after being retired, when it's a comeback as a black man and, and give where he could, um, especially where there is a huge need in New York City. And I had to give my father a pep talk uh, to, to raise mm-hmm. his confidence in his ability to be able to navigate this technology and navigate Zoom. And uh, that even though he's a para and the the classroom has moved from in-person to virtual, he can still be a huge value, a huge asset to these children. And, you know, I had a, a 30 minute hour sort of tutor- tutorial on how to use different functionality. Here's some things that you can help your teacher and tell her about. Uh, mm-hmm. And And now, I mean, not only is he a para on Zoom, he's doing salsa and Zumba classes on Zoom. He's, you know, me, he's, I mean, he got his own unlimited account. Right. <laughs> and it, it was really mm-hmm. just, exactly. It was really just getting over that hump of, I can't do this. I don't know about this. Uh, right. and, and inserting the confidence in the parents and grandparents also that are also mm-hmm. part of this community for the children. That is definitely um, a huge driver because parents are feeling really stretched, right? They're trying to, a lot of them are trying to work virtually or still maintain um, a household, even if they're not actually working for another organization, as well as teach children. And some of the stuff, you know, we as parents don't know what the children are learning, or you got this new math that they're focused on, and we only know the old way to do it. So, you know, I'm I'm showing my age in this, but I think some Mm -hmm. of that is just trying to figure out that navigation. Some of the overwhelm is like, I want to do what's best, right? I want to do what's right for my children. I want them to learn. I want them to be successful. It's all coming from a place of desire to make sure your children are thriving. But the overwhelm that people, that parents are feeling is really triggered by, there's so much uncertainty, right? There's so much, so many things Mm -hmm. that are unknown. And um, that, you know, a vote of confidence and communication with the teacher to say, listen, you know, I got you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make sure that you and your children have what they need to be successful this year. Um, So I think- you know, as people get into it and they keep the lines of communication open with their educators and their administrators and they can, you know, voice their opinions and do it without feeling like they're going to be judged in any way. Um, I do think that right. parents that exercise those options are going to have better outcomes overall. So 
in your the way you're thinking about it, what do you um because some parents are sending their children in person too, right? There's their hybrids models where there's mm-hmm. part virtual and um part homeschool and then there is also this element of full in school in some environments and complete virtual so mm-hmm. for parents who are sending their children to school what are a couple you know, of examples kids, of the safety precautions that like that schools are putting in place you know just trying to reimagine school in this new space in terms of just making sure that kids stay apart from one another like you know it and i think that's the hardest part because you know, at the very base of who we are, we're humans and humans need connection. And um, I think that's like the hardest thing for, I think a lot of us, especially as adults to get over is that, you know, um, we have to teach our kids to stay apart from one another, but we still have to make sure that they socialize um, for their own well-being. Like, you know, as adults, we see it differently. Kids are resilient. They will thrive They'll pretty much grow wherever they're planted. But once again, we have to give them that positive energy and that positive attitude toward it. Even if it's not the parents, it's the adults that they come in contact with that have to have that positive attitude too. So even the teachers, they take on, you know, they pretty much take on whoever's personality, whom they're around. So, um, and especially that attitude toward it. Yeah, not even so, for like, kids. I mean, adults too. Yeah, we we take on right. the energy around us that I, I don't right. imagine. Right, but kids more so. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's critical because ideals and beliefs and just their brains are still currently they're still being shaped. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, making sure that you have that positive, like it's just so critical to be positive around all of this because you know, we talk about the adults and like you know their mental health and anxiety, but you know you have to worry about the kids too. And, you know, and there are some kids that are nervous about going to school and or they don't want to go um, because they don't want to get sick. And so um, you have to think about those kids, too, where a parent has to make that hard choice. Well, I have to send my child to school because I have to I don't have a support system at home or whatever the case may be. And, you know, but the child may be like feeling really uneasy about it. The child feeling uneasy about it and then having a, like, a bunch of negative energy, that's not going to be good for the child's mental health either. So. We're going to get through it. Like, you know, the best way to get over something is through it. So we got to, <laughs> right. you know, to get to, yeah, we, I mean, we got to get through this. I don't know what the new normal is going to look like, but I think it's going to change the way we do education. Like, for example, there's going to be no more snow days. Now that everybody has a laptop. Right. <laughs> there's, no, right. there's not going to be snow days. <laughs> exactly. We're still going to be going virtual. virtual learning, no days off. No days off. So, wow. Right. There's no, just, you know, no just, excuse for anybody. Right. <laughs> right. You said exactly. something, you used so. a word that was really important, I thought, which was like reimagine what the school experience is going to be like. So, you know, maybe, you know, a great exercise is just to start like, OK, everything that happened in the past made sense. And it's a, it was relevant. Right. For what we were experiencing then. Mm-hmm. But now leaving ourselves open to what this new experience is going to look like, feel like, and what it's going to bring out of us. I think that kind of Mm -hmm. evolutionary um, thinking going into the year is good for parents as well as for students. So, you know, I certainly am going to take that away. Like, all right, let's go back and think about it as this whole brand new experience that there will be lots to take in and learn from. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram 
and career gems for the journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.